0: Okay, well it's uh, six thirty, so I guess we'll get started. Uh, thank you for all for coming. Hopefully it'll be a good time for you, and, and we'll all learn some from what God maybe wants us to learn. Uh, Alan's going to lead us in a pr- opening prayer, and then we'll get into it.
1: Father, we thank you for the safe journey we've had, and just ask your blessings on me, give in recollection, and just bless uh, the efforts that he's putting in to share from your word and that we know that you give wisdom and your wisdom is that of
0: truth thank you for just the help that we have yes, it's through Christ, amen amen, thank you okay, so today we're continuing with Peter's journey uh, lesson one I, I titled it Oops because mostly it's because Peter tends to say things that he kind of regrets later on and I'm, I'm thinking that in some of these things that he said some things, and then the outcome of it was like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and uh, there's also an underlying reason why he ended up saying some of these things or, or uh, being uh, sorry maybe afterwards for it too. So hopefully we'll discover some things here. We'll start off with uh, why I'm doing this. There might be some new people here. Um, I chose Peter as uh, Jeanette right Jeanette was kind of mentioning that he's a very relatable person um, we tend to relate to a lot of his annex and, and and then our it's nice to see that even though he had some issues that he was able to to deal with those issues um, through Christ and be able to be the, basically one of the leaders of the church at this time. I believe that Jesus meets us where we're at. You know, I think we see that in the scriptures a lot, that he's meeting people where they're at, not where people are expecting them to be at. But I think sometimes that we can kind of get in the thing of that we kind of expect people to be a certain spot before we're able to really talk to them about Jesus or Uh, share uh, the word with them, when sometimes it might be that we need to go to where they're at, like Jesus did with Peter, I believe. Uh, I also think that the Pharisees and the leaders of the Jewish faith at the time of Jesus believed that the Messiah, I have some reasons for that, but have to go through it, that the Messiah would come through them. I think that they expected that one of their group would be the one that would be the Messiah, because they were all looking for the Messiah. But I don't think they knew, or I don't think they expected it to come from where it came from, where, where, where Jesus came from. In fact, I'm going to put out there that I think they expected Saul, who was later to be called Paul, to be the Messiah. And we probably won't see that in this because I'm not dealing with Paul that much. But I have some reasons why I think that uh, from the scriptures. Non believers don't always act the way we want them to act, do they? Right? No. no. <laughs> but we kind of expect them to, before we can share with them, we expect them to be acting in a certain way. And then if they do become a Christian, we expect them a lot of times to act just like they've been Christians for 20 years. And I've, I've seen that happen sometimes. Um, a good example of when we don't ex- expect someone to, or when we expect someone to be what we expect them to be to be in order to become a Christian before they become a Christian, A friend of mine, his name is Mike, he was uh, a preacher for about, what, was about 30 years? I think somewhere in there. And he, uh, one of the places uh, in Wyoming where he was a minister, he was going to baptize a guy that had long hair. His elders told him not to baptize the guy. Yeah. He went ahead and did it anyway. (laughs) <laughs> he almost got fired because of it. Yeah. You know, we we expect them to be what like, nice cut suit, everything. You know, just just the way we expect. You know, all you guys nice cut suits. Phil, oh. Okay, <laughs> bye, Phil. <laughs> and none of you have suits on, man. I'm really disappointed now. Okay, Yeah, <laughs> went knots. Yeah. You know, another another congregation, and this one here, I will have to preface that the guy who invited the guy should have let us know somewhat in advance what was going to happen, because during the sermon, and the guy who invited the guy that I'm going to mention um, was doing the sermon in the evening service, and he invited this guy who had some type of issue with with um i don't know exactly what it was i can't remember exactly but he had to jump rope in order to be calm and so he was back in the far corner jumping rope during the sermon and of course most of us were going what is happening here you know and you know so there was some backlash because of it the, the guy who was doing the sermon and who invited the guy, apologized and said that he should have let us know in advance. If he had done that, probably we would have understood a little bit more what was going on and been able to handle it better. Um, but, you know, again, it was something that, that we weren't used to by someone coming into our, our worship service, or our time that we're together. At the same congregation, there was a family... That was a pretty low-income family, but they were great at inviting people. I mean, they invited tons of people. Most of the people, of course, were low-income like them because they, um, they lived in a, uh, a trailer park and everything. And So it wasn't high-income people, and, um, but they invited them, and a lot of them became, were baptized because of it. And at one point even, they wanted to have a life group in their, their home, um, you know, for it. So I mentioned it to the elders, had a meeting with them, and they said no. And I go, well, why? They didn't really want to tell me why, but they thought, well, though they aren't what we want people to see as Christians. So guess what I did? <laughs> Had a life group in their home, <laughs> you know, because I felt like these guys were wanting to, to have life groups so they could invite people, you know, to it. But they weren't what we'd like to see as Christians. In fact, a um, a wife of one of the deacons told them one time after they had we baptized somebody, they told them, "Next time, can you find somebody that has money?" <laughs> so you know. I don't know if anything like that ever goes on here. I hope not. And, I, and I'm not trying to to, to uh, indicate anything here like that. I'm not trying to put anything, uh, say that that's going on here. In the, I, I'm so, still new here, so I don't know what's going on here a lot of times. So but I hear something talking back there. <laughs> um, but I think that sometimes we kind of get in our minds what we think is the ideal person that we're going to talk to for being for becoming a Christian. So that's kind of why I'm doing this, because we're going to find that Peter had a lot of the non-ideal things that the people, the religious people of his day did not like. They didn't, including Jesus, they didn't even like some of his things too, right? So first we're going to look in Luke 5, 1 through 11. If you want to go ahead and turn there, you can, and then I'm going to ask if somebody wants to read it. We will go through it. It will be up here as well. If you don't have a, a, a device to be able, it looks like nobody uses Bible books anymore. <laughs> oh, a few back there, good. <laughs> so Luke 5, 1 through 11. And if someone would go ahead and read it, you can read it from your device if you want or up here. Anybody?
1: One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water, For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to unshore, shore, left everything, and followed him.
0: Thank you. So we're going to look at this in a little bit more detail here. Uh, first of all, it says that Jesus saw that... In the, at the water's edge, there was two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. So what does this mean about what these guys were doing? Why do we have to know that they were washing their nets? They
2: were done fishing.
0: They were probably done. Yeah, at that point, they're cleaning off everything so it doesn't deteriorate the nets and everything like that. So they were they were done fishing, and Jesus, you know, being the stubborn guy he is, uh, he just gets into one of the boats and happens to be the one belonging to Simon. I think he knew that. <laughs> I just had this feeling that he knew that it belonged to Simon. And he asked Simon to put out a little from shore and then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So here's a lesson. So these guys, you know, they've been fishing. You think they might be a little tired. A little, a little bit worn out. They were up all night. Yes, in fact, we're going to find out that Simon, is going to, Simon Peter is going to respond to that way. So, and you know what it's like to be tired and you're listening to Eddie speak, right? <laughs> <laughs> Eddie does a great job. I'm not sure. Uh, he's uh, one that I probably don't fall asleep with. Um, and then he finishes and he tells Simon, put out to the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Okay, so, has anyone ever snorkeled in the ocean? Okay, we've got a few people. Where did you see most of the fish? Was it close to the uh, the shore, or was it out in the deep area? Most of the time when I snorkeled, and Brenda likes to snorkel, we saw the fi- most of the fish were in that shallower area. I mean, I'm talking maybe 40, 30 feet still, but still, not real real deep. So chances are what he's t- what, what by the way was Jesus ever a fisherman that we know of? Not we know. Of. What was he? Carpenter, right. So, he's telling Simon who's a fisherman and Jesus is a carpenter telling Simon pull out to the deep water. So, Simon being the type of guy he is. First of all, what does he tell Jesus? Yeah. We, we've been working all night. We haven't caught a thing. I'm tired. I want to go home. Uh, that, he doesn't say that here. But at least that's probably, I, I think he's probably feeling that way. He's going, and this guy wants me to go out to the deep water. You know, like that's really a good place to go is out into the deep water. And he says, but and then this is where he's he's kind of um oopsing a little bit because he first starts off with almost a I, I would consider maybe a little bit of a slap back to him, a pushback. You know, you know, hey man, we've been working all hard all night, haven't caught a thing. And you want me to go out to the deep water? Okay, we will, just to show you. <laughs> I think that's pretty much what he might have had in mind, is that because you say so, we'll go out.
1: He also, you know, based on what we know at the uh, beginning of John, he knew who Jesus
0: was. He knew who Jesus was. In fact, what we talked about last week, uh, Andrew uh, introducing him, getting a new name, everything. So he knew who Jesus was. He, you know, he's going to be respectful, at least, in some ways. it. So when they had done that, they caught a large number of fish. And the nets began to break. So they got the other boat. Hey, come on over and help us out here. We're, we're getting a lot of fish here. So he goes over there. And uh, the other boat comes over. And they, both boats are getting so full that both boats are beginning to sink. Now keep in mind, Jesus is still on one of these boats, right? Because he asked he asked John to pull out and then and then go deeper. So he's in one of these boats. So I'm imagining here. I tried to find one where it would it would show Jesus knee deep in fish because I think that's what it was like. That he was probably standing there and there's fish flopping all around him, you know, and the, you know, and he. Simon then goes over to, to Jesus, falls at his knees, and says, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Interesting response, isn't it? what what do you make of this response?
1: Sounds very Jewish. Hmm. Sinful man, unclean. Right. Here right. is a here is Obviously, at the very least, the Rabbi. Right. And he, he, from what he's already known of him, he's the Messiah. and he's saying, "I'm not clean."
0: Do you detect any fear in his voice? Yes.
1: Trying well, to get
0: away. Yeah, I, I, don't want I don't, you're, you're scaring me. That this is scaring me too much. You know, a lot of times. People who don't know Jesus, don't know his message, they respond out of fear. Or they push you back because of fear. Not so much hatred, but fear. That they're afraid to, to, to have to deal with this type of thing. And I think that's what we see here especially when we find out...
2: Uh, can we go back just a second? Sure. In the, just this passage here, these 11 verses, in verse 8, it calls him Simon Peter <laughs> instead of his son.
0: Right.
2: Nowhere else in that just in that little section right there. Uh-huh. I find
0: that interesting. It is. And we last week, we. You, I don't think you were in here last week, were you? Because I remember him by himself. Yeah, I think you were out there. Last week we talked about specifically about that, that sometimes he uses Simon and Peter, and the meaning of Simon is listening, or hear, and Peter, of course, is rock or stone. And so we talked about how that combination sometimes is used quite a bit. Uh, sometimes Jesus himself will say it, and sometimes it's whoever's writing it will just add it. In this case, that, I believe it's just the person um, I think it was, what was it, Luke? Yep, that was writing yeah, about that. So he he decided, through the Holy Spirit, to put in Simon Peter at that point. Um, because Simon's going to have to listen.
1: I think you could also go to that verse above where he said, uh, You know what, Master? We worked all night, and we haven't caught anything. But you, know, <laughs> you can ask for it, and guess what? I'll do it. Yeah. You know, so just I mean, it could be a combination of, of course, what you're saying, and maybe a little
0: bit of that. I mean, you could be thinking all these thoughts behind his head. Like, well, I think oh, he was. So I. i you know, This is crazy and stupid. Right. And and I'm tired. You know, I I spent all night, and it's now, the morning. We've washed the nets.
2: Then I'm going to have to wash them all over again. Uh, yes. I'm
0: going to have to wash them all over again just because you want me to go out to the deep water and put this, this net down. And of course, they um, get all these fish. And here at the end, so I, I asked the member uh, when he says, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man, if he was afraid. Jesus' response to him kind of indicates that. That says, Don't be afraid, for now you will fish for people. And so they pulled their boats up on the shore. This time they're not gonna worry about the nets. We're just gonna leave it all. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's pretty interesting. So they just they pulled up their boats up on the shore, left everything, and I'm thinking they left everything, including the fish. You know what? Yeah, I mean his sons took off <laughs> as well. They left everything to follow him. Um, I'm sure there was somebody that got the fish, but they didn't care about it at this point. Daddy, yes.
2: To give on Bill's statement, I think the lesson for us too is that God's sense was not actually our conclusion.
0: Yeah. I'm tired. I don't want to watch these nets again, but I will. And that's, it makes sense in this case, putting God's pretty important because I'm trying to teach them a lesson. He's teaching something people understand. Okay, any other comments or questions on this section? Yes.
1: It's probably not too significant, but this was probably a small boat. It was <laughs> not, uh, an aircraft carrier or anything. Um, and at this point, I don't think Peter had seen Jesus walk on water. So when he says, go away from me, where is Jesus supposed to go?
0: <laughs> He's in the boat, right? Yeah. Like
1: <laughs> you said, probably meat, even fish. Right. And going away from Peter meant, okay, you can go over there. Bro, feet. Bro, 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 bro. So I think Pardon. that there's probably, Peter is not saying go away right now. I, I I don't deserve to be in your presence. Right. If Peter really meant that he would have done what he did later and just jumped over. <laughs> the water, you know, and tried to swim to shore, uh, because he wanted to get away from something that was so
0: pure and holy. Right. But well,
1: ever he considered Jesus. It's astounding
0: according mm-hmm. to this.
2: Kind of like I'm I'm not worthy to be in your presence.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah that, that go away. Right. Yeah. Had nothing to do with me. You know, I'm not worthy. I'm not. Do you think that people who um, have not been around um, religious people, Christian people, that sometimes that that does tend to make them feel like, oh, well, I'm not worthy. So, how can I be with you? Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of times. People feel very unworthy to have. I did feel that, but I think,
1: well, how can I have fun with them? They're going to hire Christians. <laughs> you know, They're like, man, it must be boring at their house.
0: Well, this wasn't boring, was it? <laughs> yeah, but we don't have that type of
2: capacity yet. We'll a miracle in fact. That, oh, <laughs> you, you
0: might be surprised. <laughs> okay. Matthew fourteen twenty two to twenty three. We're going to do now what you just mentioned, and we're going to actually see a boat from those days. <laughs> and do this. Someone want to read this one for me, please? Fourteen twenty two. Matthew fourteen twenty two through
2: twenty three. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God.
0: Okay, so now we have this story. Where do you think the oops is going to be? What Peter says, that's kind of a oops, like I shouldn't have said that. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I mean, it was very brave of him, but I think he probably thought that whatever was out there would say, no, you don't need to come out here. You don't don't need to do that. But Jesus says, come on out. So I'm going to tell you two stories here. Two stories. First one. Okay. Okay. Being rescued from the pool. I'm not a fan of water. (laughs) And I'm not a fan of deep water. I'm not a fan of anything that involves my head going underwater, okay? Um, I remember the last time I was near a pool edge like that guy and my family saying, oh, just jump on in. I'm going, nope. (laughs) So I walk down into the steps and go in because I don't like being underwater. And the reason why is because I had an experience one time. My family had paid for me to learn how to swim. My family does not like swimming. I mean it goes my sister, my niece, Brenda knows because we've been with them and they don't like to go in deep water. Um, and so they paid for for me to go to a, this place and learn how to swim. And so I went through the class, get to the end of the class and I'm and I we find out that I missed half the classes, that it was two times a week instead of just one time a week. Okay? So I missed a lot of the things that they had done. So they said, you can come and only pay half for the the next class, which is the next higher level class, you know, expecting that you would know all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And so I get there, and the first thing that they want us to do is to jump into the deep end and swim across to the other end of the pool. So I'm going, okay, well, I did pretty good for those classes. Maybe I can do this. So I jump in, I'm swimming along, and then I start going, this is deep. (laughs) Because I can't touch the bottom. And I'm going, oh, what what am I going to do? And I start panicking, and this pole comes (laughs) down. I grab it, and they pull me out. Never went back. Never went back from it. And to this day, because of that, and this other one, swimming on the rough water, or canoeing on the rough water. Um, later on, in college, at Kansas State, a friend of mine, we're going to go out and go fishing on a lake. And, and it wasn't, I mean, it was a good size lake, but it wasn't uh, like Tuttle Creek or some of the big reservoirs that was um, around that area. And so we take the canoe out, and we're getting out to the middle of the lake, and clouds come in, and the storm hits, and it gets very rough, very rocky. I mean, water is coming over the edge, and of course, I don't think we thought to have life jackets. So we're trying to paddle back real quick, you know, and we're having to go basically what well, seems like we're going against the the wind and against the waves and everything. And so I was a little bit concerned about making it. And so that was another thing that goes, And I don't want to do that type of thing again. So I can understand Peter when he's walking on the water and then he sees those waves and goes, uh, help <laughs> for it.
1: Well, Peter got out of the boat. He did. Which he did. means... And he started off with some faith, mm-hmm. and I think perhaps he thought, well, the Lord brought us these fish, and he <laughs> knew that wasn't normal, and so he did get out of
0: the boat. He did get out of the boat, which was, that, see, some of the things that Peter did, he would have a success, and then we'd have kind of a, you know, maybe, Speed a, yeah, right, you know, and isn't that true for all of us?
1: I mean, I'm just
0: thinking, I don't want to, to get out of the boat. I don't think I would have got out of
1: the boat. Part <laughs> of <laughs> the point here was
2: that he took his eyes off of Jesus mm-hmm. and sank. And that's what happens to us. We take our eyes off of Jesus and we sink. And yeah. only when we look back to Jesus, it would pull back up. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, the Sea of Galilee, here's a map that shows it there. It's a pretty good, it's a good-sized lake. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the largest freshwater lake, or is the largest freshwater lake in Israel, 64 square miles, nearly the size of Washington, DC. So that's a pretty good size body of water. And you, you can see a picture of it here, because even you can see the buildings on the shore there, how small they are compared to the, the lake. So it's a good size lake, it's far bigger than the lake that uh, me and my friend were on. Um, so. Uh, and, it, and it's approximately 33 miles in circumference around it and about 13 miles long and eight miles wide. So that, that, that is pretty good um, as far as being the size of a good sized lake. So it's going to have some issues, it's going to have some storm. This is actually supposed to be a video from the um, Sea of Galilee. And during the storm, you can see the waves are getting pretty choppy. Lots of spray is happening if, if it hits something. So, can you imagine your boat is in the water and that spray is hitting your boat? Okay, so you mentioned about a fishing boat that wasn't an aircraft carrier. This is an, a, a boat that the, the caption said that it was from the Sea of Galilee um, during the time of Jesus. It was found there. And of course, it's in bad condition and it's. Um, I'm sure that Jesus's boat, that he or Simon's boat, that Jesus was in, um, or he wasn't in it yet, but it, that the boat was probably in better condition than this. But still, if you can kind of, I wish they had a person nearby so you can kind of see the scale a little bit better. But we do have the railing in the back that kind of indicates, you know, where a person's waist might be onto it. And so, uh, this is not a very big boat, is it?
2: I've heard the concept that what Peter lost faith in was not Jesus, because Jesus wasn't seeking. He lost faith in what Jesus could do with him. Okay, good
0: point. And
2: I think that's really more of what we struggle
0: with. Mm-hmm. Is how he can deal with
2: us. How he can, what does mm-hmm. he believe in us, what can we do with him. And we got he lost the, faith in Jesus, because Jesus didn't sing. No? You know, we knew Jesus could walk on water. I think he felt like he could walk
1: on yeah. water even if
0: Jesus got Good point, because I think you're hitting just on what this lesson, these lessons are all about. It's how Jesus is working with Peter to get him to the point where he can have a little bit more faith. And that's that's kind of where I feel like Jesus works with us. That, that we need sometimes maybe to get out of the boat, <laughs> you know, or do something that's out of our comfort zone sometimes. Okay, so I like this first section. I like the very first word. Immediately seems to be one that that is used quite a bit in this, this section, Matthew, uh, that he writes. Says immediately Jesus made the disciples. Now I thought, make. How do you make the disciples?
2: Well, they were his students. They were his students. He was arrested. They do what he says.
0: Yeah, but what's he telling them to get into the boat and go ahead of him on the other side? Now, what would be some of their argument against that? How's he going to get
1: there? How's he going
0: to get there? For one.
1: I mean, there may
0: have been another boat around, I don't know yeah and so he you know th- these are guys who are fishermen a lot, some of them are at least not all of them but that that are he's telling them to get in the boat and to leave him there that would be very strange in my mind Leo, that that he would be telling them that and I thought well maybe it doesn't really mean um the Jesus made the disciples. You know, maybe that was the NIV translation. Maybe it might be off a little bit. Uh, So I did look up some others. And uh, where it's Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. King James Version says Jesus constrained, which seems to be even a heavier use of the the term, like, you know, you will get in that boat. (laughs) And you will go on over there. And somehow I'll catch up with you, don't worry. Or he compelled, you know, that's an also pretty heavy word for that. Um, and then um, the New American Standard, um, he, well, that was good. Okay, the, I can't remember what that's one, the YLT 98, whatever it is. Jesus constrained, and ESV, he made them. So, it sounds to me like Jesus kind of forced them to go. You know, it, it wasn't uh their decision at all. Forces them to go out might be at a time when it's getting pretty dark even. Because, you know, Jesus just had right before this was the feeding of of a large group of people, uh yeah, feeding the five thousand for uh the, the loaves and fish thing. Um, so he's, he's going to dismiss the crowd and that's, that was probably later in the day because they had been there for a long time and that's why they needed some food.
1: John tells us that the, uh, Jesus was concerned the crowd was going to try to make him king. Right. So he was, he wanted disperse the crowd and go to the right. mountain.
0: Yeah. So he just, dis- he, like you say, he dismisses the crowd and Then he goes up on the mountainside by himself to pray. And we're going to find that Jesus tends to like to go up mountains quite a bit. Um, But he'd love it here, wouldn't he? (laughs) Um, And later that night, so the night has already happened. It's later that night. He was alone. The boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves. And the wind was against it. So, you know, right now I'm feeling that canoe that I was in. You know that that I don't know if we're going to get out of this alive. Comments. Okay. shortly before dawn, so it's not it's not light yet. It's a little bit before dawn. I think you said the fourth hour, um, which was about about four o'clock in the morning or you know, so. You know, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When his disciples There there. we go. When the disciples saw him walk in the lake, they were terrified. And what did they think he was? They thought he was a ghost. what else walks on water? (laughs) It's either a ghost or... hmm, We'll find out. Um, It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. So all of them are fearful at this point. Okay? And he says to them... And again, immediately. <laughs> I just like it. He likes to use, Matthew likes to use immediately a lot. Take courage in his eye. Don't be afraid. So he's telling them all to, to not be afraid. know someone trying to get in? <laughs> there is a door over here. We can go in that way. Don't have to break the ceiling down or anything. Okay. And then Peter says his statement that he probably regretted later on. Lord, if it's you... Tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus replies, come. I didn't really think he was do that. <laughs> he tells me to come. So then Peter gets out. And then he's doing pretty good. Yeah, he's doing pretty good. And then he saw the wind and became afraid. And it begins to sink. And at least he has the the worth all to say Lord save me because it's probably the only person there that could have done it at that time and then immediately <laughs> again this is all just happening boom 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 You know, and, and Matthew I think wants us to know that immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him you of little faith he said why did you doubt then they climbed back into the boat and they end up worshiping him because, wow, not only did we get fish, but now we have the ability, to, we see that he walks on water and that even they can walk on water if they have enough faith in him. Did Peter have
1: a oops moment? Huh? Did he have a oops moment? His oops moment. He got out of
0: the
1: boat. Yeah.
0: the then he went oops? Yeah. <laughs> he, he regretted doing that, didn't he? We've yeah. Pretty good, yep. And sometimes that happens with us. Yeah. Then we do pretty good at first, or we do we do pretty good, and then we go, "Oh, maybe this is a little bit too much for for us." Okay, Matthew seventeen one through nine. Matthew seventeen one through nine.
1: Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John his brothers, led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured there before them, as they shone like the sun and his clothes became white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared for them and talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, and for my wealthy, hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. And when they looked up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus
0: only. Okay. So here we have, again, another trip to the mountain. Um, This time he's taking Peter, James, and John uh, up to the mountain with him. While he's up there, there's this strange incident that happens where he becomes very bright. Not not talking about intelligence. I'm talking about <laughs> he actually looks very yeah. He has he has a really bright glow to him. And I I thought this was probably one of the best pictures I could find that it's this where it's almost like it might be so bright that they can barely see the individuals there even. Because um, it says it shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Yeah. So basically, he's just kind of all encompassed in this light and with Moses and Elijah, you know, talking with him. Yes? But
1: there's nowhere it says that Moses and Elijah were transfigured.
0: Hmm, that's an interesting point. I didn't think about that. I don't know. Don't know. You know, maybe, maybe this maybe it was just maybe it was just Jesus. Yeah, but I'm wondering how did you know it was Moses and Elijah? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I their name tags
0: on. Oh, they had their name tags on. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Um, Peter makes this statement. He says, Lord, it is good for us to be here if you wish. I will put up three shelters. I think uh, your version is Tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then while he's still speaking, you know, Peter's just kind of going on. He, he probably is going to say more than just what we have here. Uh, can, you think he might have been a little bit nervous? Maybe even a little bit afraid. Because this is another one of those things that's like, what is this? What's going on here? You know, this bright light from Jesus, maybe, only, we don't know. But but anyway, and then Moses and Elijah turn up. Man, this is really something, and I may be, I'm maybe maybe, I'm going to be a little bit nervous. So, hey, how about if I build you a shelter so that you can go in there, and then I don't want to see you. <laughs> I don't know if that was the reason, but we don't really know what the reason was for our shelter or a tabernacle, do we? But then a voice comes out and says, and, and a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud says, This is my son whom I love, I am well pleased, listen to him. When the disciples heard this, what happens? Terrified.
2: terrified again.
0: Peter's going, oh, I stepped in. I uh, blew it. I, mean, what, what? I shouldn't have said that. Maybe maybe I should have just kept quiet. You know. And they're, they're terrified. So terrified that they fall face down to the ground. Now, that might be a position of worship, right? Well, if it
2: was God speaking, I think.
0: They, they, may, they might do that, right, exactly. Uh, I don't want to see this, but I'll, I'll just be face down. And, and it is a position of worship, so it could be that they were also worshiping, but Jesus comes to them and says, touches them. They're like, wake up, Peter, James, John, wake up. You know, don't, oh, he says that later on too, doesn't he? But anyway, um, get up don't be afraid. So they they were just afraid again. You know, they're having to, to learn things and Jesus keeps saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Sometimes it's be not afraid. And
1: well, Peter didn't say can we build an altar each other? He said a shelter. Right. Oh, he wasn't trying to we're trying
0: to worship, was I don't know because yours are says tabernacle. Tabernacle was a place of worship, so it. tent,
1: so it wasn't a shelter.
0: Well, a tabernacle was a tent too, so it was.
1: It wasn't a shelter.
0: Yeah, we, we don't. Uh, what you're saying?
1: Tabernacle means tent.
0: Right. So, but, but the word. Yeah, and so we don't know if there, if if what. Peter doesn't give his reason. I think he did it mostly out of nervousness and fear.
2: I an idea.
0: Yeah, I got an idea. Uh, let's do something here because, man, this is this is really strange. So let's get something a little bit more what he knows than the normal to him. So anyway, when they look up, they see that there's no one there but Jesus now. Uh, Elijah and Moses is gone. Um, I don't even know if the cloud is still there. But anyway... Again, they get terrified, he tells them not to be afraid. Oh, by the way, I mentioned I was gonna mention I did not do this lesson because of Eddie's lessons on fear. <laughs> it just happened that it worked out that way. <laughs> but I think
1: the point that this uh, Trying to get across here is the law and the
0: prophets were placed by Jesus. Listen
1: to him, him. because of when Jesus was baptized, God just says, "This is my son." Mm-hmm. This time he says, "Listen to him." Yeah. So now things are different.
0: And you wonder again about member Simon is called is listening. and Listen here. So you know, and I think that's why we keep having Simon Peter. You know, as as something that's mentioned a lot. Okay. Uh, the command to be afraid, not afraid. I've been told, or and, and I looked it up, tried to find anything I could on it. It does indicate that the Bible talks a lot uh, about not being afraid. I couldn't find because I I had heard that is basically that Jesus's command that he said the most was to not be afraid, and we do know that he said it quite a bit. <laughs> but I don't. I didn't go through and count each one to see <laughs> if it if it beats something else out one of his other commands. I do not know, but I wouldn't be surprised because um, we have a lot of things that we could be afraid about, right? I remember when I as a as a teacher for most of my times as a teacher I would on the way to school be praying as I'm drying that whether this was the day that we were gonna have a shooting. And thankfully it never did at high school. But I kept praying, help me if there is, help me to act appropriately and do what I need to do to protect my students if there is. So you know you can you can get somewhere where fear can kind of paralyze you, right? And we, we don't want to be paralyzed. We want to do what God wants us to do and we want to follow what Jesus how Jesus wants us to be. Sometimes that can be Put us into situations that can be very fearful. Okay, close out. Next week's lesson. I, I went to five minutes more longer this time. Uh, next week's lesson is To Whom Shall We Go? Thank you very much.
2: Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the East Side Church of Christ